everybody. Welcome to Classical Stuff You Should Know. This is AJ Hannenberg, known by my companions as the Fart Fart Wiggle Wiggle <laughs> part of the group. Graham literally just and said that. It was kind of he he <laughs> told me to told me to bring the fun and said that's how I did it. Fart Fart Wiggle Wiggle. I, like so that's, dirty laundry I just figured I'd bring it bring it right at the beginning here. <laughs> and today, as we oh. always do, we are discussing stocks, specifically a stock that has been falling pretty consistently for the past several years. GE. GE. Oh, wow. That's yeah. unfortunate. Right? Trying to get into aviation. Yeah. I, all I know is they used to make light bulbs and can dishwashers. I, can I ask yeah. you a question? Yes. Are we going to introduce who we are? Nah. Okay. We're just going to go straight in with the, our, our bit. Uh, fine. All right. I'm AJ Hindenburg. I'm joined by Graham Donaldson. Hello. And Thomas Magby. Thomas the Killjoy Magby. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, good. Okay. <laughs> Keeps us on track. Yeah, he's thank a, you. He's the straight man. I'm the fun one. Yeah. So... <laughs> Thank you, AJ. So, yeah, that's what we're doing. We, our podcast is here to bring you the world of education in a way that isn't terrible. At least that's that's what we try to do. And so we talk about uh, books and philosophy and art and all kinds of fun stuff. Mostly books and philosophy and and history, history and stocks. So sometimes, in 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 our in between episodes, we do a lot too. Yeah, that's true. We talk about some other stuff. stuff. Cool. How, how crypto relates to the faces of the moon, yeah. which is my hey, favorite new thing. You want to talk guys, about crypto all the time? Yeah. It's it's a new it's a full moon today. It's October twentieth, full moon, and okay. Bitcoin hit an all time high. Coincidence? Yeah, literally mm. a coincidence. No. Okay, great. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Graham, can you talk us through your uh, your theory on GE? Which way is it going? Where, so how to, should I invest? So today, gentlemen, we are going to be talking about GE. We're going to be going to be talking about. Great expectations. Wow. Everyone on YouTube, their mind was just blown by you showing them the book. That's right. Um, and it's a book by Great Expectations. It's by Charles Dickens. It's a book that for years we taught at Veritas uh, yep. in the senior English curriculum. I thought you hated this book. I don't hate it. It's um, Now that I haven't taught it, I actually miss it. Um, I think... Uh, no, no. I, I was thinking about it because I've been thinking about it for this episode and I miss it. But yeah. um, Isn't this kind of how I feel about like an X? Oh, it's like you broke yeah, up yeah, and now that they're not around, you kind of, you know, you're bad for each other, they but you kind of miss them. Yeah. yeah. But objectively, it's still like not a good relationship. So really, you shouldn't read the book again. No, no, it's a oh. great book. Okay. Um, oh. It's, uh, the thing is, it's it's a long novel and we taught, we teach it. I, mean, I think it was just, it was a long novel at the time of year. We, we taught it right after Christmas for seniors who are slowly starting to check themselves out of, out of their brains. And Dickens wrote it in serial. So he and got paid for every chapter that he made. Right. So... Dickens wrote it in serial, got paid for every chapter. So there are parts where it drags, and um, it just was not a it was not a fan favorite among the students. So that's that makes teaching it a little bit difficult. But when I think about it, just as a novel, uh, it's it's great. It's 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 actually very very funny. Um, no, no, there's just there's just really funny parts of it. Anyway, was it is it something that's funny the first time you read it, or does it take a while to? I think get it takes a while. Um, it's nice uh, to fall in love with a couple of characters. I'm thinking true. of Wemmick. Yes, it's yeah, Wemmick f- is the best bit, and the and the swearing sailor. The swearing sailor, Wemmick, Joe. Gosh darn it! I mean, he's just a delight. Anyway, we're going to talk a little bit about this book. Um, and um, but before we get into it, um, I have a question for you guys. Lay it on me. When you boys were growing up, did you have a strong sense of other people's expectations on you? Did you have a strong sense that like people expected something? Either something really particular, like you were going to take over the family woodworking business, or or anything? Did you have like a strong sense of expectations? You're the one with the with woodworking in the family. Uh, no to the woodworking, mm-hmm. but and hi mom. <laughs> My mom told me I was special a lot, Aww. and so which is really nice. But I also, you know, I felt the weight of of you know some expectations okay. there, but. All, to, to balance that out, all my friends expected me to be a weird idiot. So 
It kind of, you know, kind of worked itself through. I feel like, it, you know, they <laughs> all came out in the wash, yeah. right? So my mom accept, expected me to be special, and all my friends were like, you're a weirdo. And I was like, okay, I feel like I can thread that line perfectly. Well, you yeah. may be. I, this is, I don't think this is what you're asking, but like it mattered that I, per, that I do well academically. And so it was very important to me to get A's in my classes. It was, I, I had the same. Did you, was that an explicit people sat you down and looked you in the eye and said, this is what we expect? I have a distinct memory in seventh grade of the first time I got a B. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my mother swears this never happened, but I, I have this distinct memory of, of this happening that I brought home a in, for where we were. You had uh, report cards every six weeks to make sure your grades were on track. Mm-hmm. And one of the six week report cards for my seventh grade science class, which was like a notoriously difficult class, I'm justifying myself, came back with a B. And my, my mom freaked out about this, hmm. that like it was the first B I'd gotten um, in school as far as I, I don't remember. And the reason that she wasn't okay with a B is that a B is close to a C and a C is close to failing. So you could never wow. get a B. Yeah. So there you I, go. I've had that. Yeah. So yes, I, I distinctly That's remember. Heavy. Yeah. So I remember that moment mm-hmm. and then that kind of went with me forward. I also just personally cared about my grades, Mm -hmm. but but that's not the same as someone telling me I had to do well. Yeah. I mean, I just think about this because in this book, uh, um, this book's very interesting at the beginning, even just on like a child psychology or child development part. Um, maybe we should, we're, we're jumping ahead of ourselves. So let's, let's set up the book a little bit. The book is about a, um, it is a man looking back on his life and that man's name is unfortunately Philip Pirup. But he has a good nickname. Well, and because his name it is... It sounds like something somebody drunk was trying to call him Syrup. That's right. And because his, his, because his name is Philip Purip, as a young boy, he could never say his name, and so he just called himself Pip, uh-huh. and everybody called himself Pip. Philip Purip, so his name is Pip. Um, Pip, uh, uh, his parents died when... I think he was the last kid to... The, he was their last surviving child. I can't remember if he's the youngest. But his parents died when he was quite young. No, no, his sister, because his sister raised him. Um, so his parents died when he was young and his sister took him in and raised him. And his sister was a number of years older than him so that she was in her late teens, early twenties when, when Pip was like a wee little four year old Mm. kind of kid. And she married a simple, good natured blacksmith in town. And you get the sense that it wasn't magic love at first sight, but she needed a husband he could have done with a wife at the forge mm. and they it was a marriage of convenience because she needed a husband because she had this little kid brother that she was taking care of and so she marries um joe um is how did you always pronounce I, it's it's spelled like it's pronounced gagery is that how you is that how you always pronounce it gargery gargery <laughs> yeah gagery anyway so I she's i'm sure it was something fancy like gargery no it's not french I mean, how do you know? Oh, yeah, Thomas, it's, this book had, uh, had, had a big... Uh, yeah. How did you always pronounce it when you read say, it? Unfortunately, Joe's last name was not a part of the impactful part of this oh, book. Oh, I see. So, it, yeah. Pick you one. Have anyway, no, Joe Gagery, no, no we'll go with that. No. His but name is Joe. That's, his name yeah, is Joe. That's the important part. And, Miss, and so he always referred to his sister as Mrs. Joe, which is hilarious. Um, and Mrs. Joe was a menace. She clearly resented Pip and clearly having to bring him up. And, um, and Pip says that he was raised by hand. Mm-hmm. And what this means, what to the young mi- mind of little Pip was, being raised by hand meant that she was like smack the crap out of him. Right. Um, which is in fact what she did a lot. Uh, she would smack Pip and um, she would uh, spank him and raise him by hand. 
Um, this reminds me of, I have some friends and, um, when they were kids, they had this, they, their dad had this board that they would spank them with and he oh, no. called it the board of education, which is very funny. <laughs> funny. Um, and for some reason, when I always hear that joke that Pip was raised by hand, I always think of the board of education, which is, uh, delightful. I'm anyway, and Joe always felt badly for Pip. Um, and so he always tried to sort of, um, you know, compensate for Pip getting smacked around. Um, uh, on Christmas Eve one day, Pip was out in the marshes looking at his parents' grave and just sort of crying and, and you know, it was Christmas and he's sad. And he happens to come across a convict, a man who has escaped from a prison boat, which I guess was a thing. Mm. Uh, maybe prisons were overcrowded and just put them on boats. That's, that's exactly what happened. Oh, Their cool. prisons were overcrowded. They had no more room. And so they used the barges that were nearby and they just mm. docked them. And then that was another place to keep prisoners. And they were apparently... Horrible, horrible places. Bad, does, yes, the people people died and got diseases, and the conditions were awful. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's what was happening. So, one Christmas, Pip comes across a convict who has clearly escaped from the prison. He's still got his shackles on, and he's near death, sort of having like gotten off the barge and I guess scrambled to shore somehow. Um, and this convict gets a hold of Pip and basically terrifies the young boy into um, getting him some kind of some help. Mm. And um, Pip says that he's going to go home, he's going to get some food for him, and he's going to get a file to help him file off his shackles. And the convict says, if you don't do it, I'm going to sick the tickler on you. And Pip doesn't like the sound of that. Sure. So he's like, I don't want the tickler anywhere close to me. Uh, and that sounds terrible. So I think I've seen that Star Trek episode. Yeah, mm. exactly. Is so no good? Yeah. Pip goes home, steals Christmas dinner. Mm. It was a meat pie and a half a bottle of brandy and takes, and the file that he stole. He didn't feel bad about stealing the meat pie and the brandy because it's from his sister's domain and he doesn't really get along with his sister. But he does feel incredibly guilty stealing the file because it's Joe's domain and he loves Joe and Joe is a wonderful caretaker. Anyway, he takes it back to the the convict who is pretty surprised that the kid's back with food and a file. He's like, oh crap, it worked. (laughs) Um... And meanwhile, so he, he he gives it to him and the convict kind of goes from being cruel to being somewhat warm, not really, but somewhat warm, and says, thank you, lad, and all this kind of stuff. And um, Pip then, uh, um, you know, the, the convict gets away and then Pip goes home. There is this weird scene where he's pretty sure that the convict and another man are fighting and he doesn't really know what's going on. But anyway, Pip runs home and uh, and then... Is his his you know theft is promptly discovered? Although they never really know that Pip was in on it, um, because um, the pie was stolen and Joe's file was stolen. Long story short, the convict is apprehended, and the convict doesn't um, doesn't rat Pip out, right. and Pip didn't rat the convict out. So there's this moment where the convict is caught. And it's known between the convict and Pip that they didn't rat each other out. And the convict's like, all right, all right, cool. <laughs> you're all right. You're, yeah. you're cool, kid. Um, anyway, okay, cool. That is early on in Pip's life. And uh, he felt super guilty that um, he stole Joe's file. My, one of my favorite scenes is that when Pip is returning to, the, uh, to find the convict with Christmas dinner and a file, he feels like everybody's judging him and calling him a thief. And he walks by a cow and he imagines the cow looks up at him and says, hello, young thief. <laughs> and um, because his conscience is eating away at him. Yeah, sure. And um, I feel like cows would do that if they knew. Mm. Anyway. All right. Fast forward a little bit. 
Pip is destined to become a blacksmith and because this is he's growing up in a blacksmith's house, house, he doesn't really think too much about it. And then lo and behold, one day they get this um, they get this letter from a lady, a noble lady who lives uh, in the town and she requests that Pip comes to her house to entertain her. And everyone's like, "What? Right. This is weird." Um, uh, his name was put forward by some other person who is a character we don't really, really need to worry too much about. Uh, Mr. Shoot, what's the shopkeeper's name? The Doofus. Oh, man. Like Pumblechuck. Mr. Pumblechuck. I was going to say, it starts with a P. I remember yeah. that. Anyway, so Pip goes to this lady's house, and her name is Miss Havisham. And uh, do you boys remember what Miss Havisham's house is like? So it's like... It's been frozen in time, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so there are, there's like dust everywhere. And it's like, um, I want to say the clocks are literally mm-hmm. frozen at a specific time. And all that comes up later. And if, is she wearing a wedding dress? And she is wearing an old wedding dress. And there's yeah. a big that cake it, on the table that's yeah. been there for forever. Yeah, it's been yeah. there forever. And beetles have eaten all it. And there's spiders everywhere. It's every mansion that's ever been in a horror video game. That's right. Yes. Or sure. or if you can imagine like the, the Clue movie, uh-huh. except mm-hmm. everyone just decides to go home and then it stays that way. Yeah, yes. Very good. Exactly. Yes. So Pip goes there and he goes to this house and it is completely frozen in time. And for the little boy, he doesn't really re- realize what's going on. But for the reader, you realize that th- that this is an eccentric lady who had some kind of traumatic event and she froze time. She froze everything at the house at that moment. All the clocks have stopped and she is wearing a wedding dress and it looks like she's sort of half dressed. She's got one stocking on, one stocking off. And she and the wedding dress is like caked and yellowed with age. And she's this like old lady, and um, and Pip is terrified of her. Um, just to j- yes, to jump ahead, we'll, we'll it's kind. Of, I think I thought it was obvious when you read it for the first time that something happened with her wedding. Right. She was jilted at the altar, and so then she decides that she's going to sort of like be a real crotchety about it and like freeze everything and hold it against the world. Well, and exact her revenge eventually, right? And then exact her yeah. revenge eventually. She's not so, good at moving on. No. She's not good. No, she's, she's not. not good at moving no, on. No, she needs. She needs like some. I feel like yeah. if she had a, a book club or something, some, yes. some friends yeah, to some help her of, through. Yeah, some sort of outlet. Something. I like think she's hot just yoga or something. Yeah, she's just yeah. doing like something. take a painting. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, so Pip goes to this house, and it's a it's a house that's fallen into disrepair. It is a noble lady's house, but it's frozen in time. It, once, it used to have a brewery. The brewery is not working, and it doesn't seem like anybi is living or working there except. Except Mrs. Miss Havisham. Doesn't and he bump into a he bumps into someone. Doesn't he like fight a kid? Oh yeah, and there's a little kid that he fights. That's but right. That's not he's not connected with. He's not yeah, he is. He's uh, he's some distantly he's related. A, he's a to, pocket, right? He is a pocket. Okay. Yeah. He's he's a he's a kid that Pip that Pip comes friends with later. Okay. Yeah. So this first time he goes to the house, Miss Havisham is invited there, and Miss Havisham wants Pip to entertain a young, beautiful girl named Estella. And Estella is haughty, proud. <laughs> I was and haughty, and she and she also yeah. haughty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Haughty, haughty. She's okay. a haughty, haughty. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, oh uh, wow. So and she uh, and Pip play cards. Yes. And she is incredibly condescending, yes. and she's incredibly beautiful, and she belittles Pip and makes fun of his clumsy hands and big boots, and. Uh, and when Pip plays a game of cards, she calls the cards after the like the high class names, and he calls them after like the low class names. And they're playing a card called Beggar Thy Neighbor, which apparently is a real card game. And Pip uses all the like low Cockney mm-hmm. ways of talking about the cards, and she uses all the like 
the high-received pronunciation ways of talking it's about like, the cars. like, oh, I got an eight spot. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> exactly. oh, are you lot? And, uh, <laughs> and, she's, uh, and she makes fun of him with his clumsy hands and big boots. Right. And the effect, and Pip is shattered. Right. Absolutely shattered. And at the end of the day, she says very, um, um, he is so upset by her that he goes outside and he tears out his hair and he like kicks the wall and he's just ashamed that he's poor and common. Right. Something he's never thought about or never even known about himself. Meanwhile, he sees this kid, this other little kid who's there and he's like, hey, you want to fight? And Kit Piff's like, no, not really. And he's like, come on, man, let's fight. Fighting's like what what we do. And Pip's like, fine. He literally he like, like lays him kicks out, right? the yeah, crap exactly. out of this yeah. kid. And the kid keeps getting up and Kip Pip keeps laying him out because he's like a blacksmith's right. kid. And <laughs> this little guy's trying to be, be like a like, and he's like got a heavy, professional That's right. This little rights. other fighter, he's like a young gentleman and he's wanting to like prove himself. and Like using the right stance. He's using the right stance and he's like got his fisticuffs yeah. up and he's like, you know, he's like, let's, let's. Put up with the fisticuffs. Yeah, and, and Pip's um, just like hitting him over and, and over Pip again. And Pip keeps yeah. like clocking him in the yeah. face to the point where he is dizzy and like I think he like rouse behind a hedge at some point. Oh. Pip's like, we should stop. <laughs> this is um, not fun. And this isn't fun. And meanwhile, so Pip sort of like savagely beats this kid. <laughs> and and he, isn't it all in good fun? Like the guy's yes. like, good show. He's like, exactly. good show, oh yes. boy. And uh, Pip doesn't want to be doing this. But meanwhile, Estella's like looking out the window yes. and with like eyes on fire and her f- cheeks are flushed. And clearly enjoying the violence uh, because she's a monster. Um, anyway. <laughs> Do you really <laughs> no, think so? I think so. Okay. Um, anyway, so she watches Pip beat up this guy. And then Pip comes back and she's like, you may kiss me there if you is. like. Right. And, and uh, does he? Yes. He, he, he sort does. of like, he condescends, or he sort of leans forward and kisses her on the cheek. And she's like, you may go home. <laughs> and Pip's like, I hate her. But. I love her. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Rich girls, man. Rich girls will do that to you. Um, She's so dang stupid hot. Oh, <laughs> I hate it. So Pip goes home um, and he is and, the, and immediately ashamed of where he's from. Yep. Um, the forge, his clothes, the simpleness of Joe who can't read. Pip is uh, ashamed and right. saddened. So Pip goes back to Havisham's house a number of times and, um, and he so, starts to pick up that Havisham is like whispering things to Estella Lake. Get him to love you and then break his heart. <laughs> Pip's like, oh, I wonder what that means. Yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, this is weird. He's not I the mean, smartest. it's a, like, okay, when you were a little kid, exactly. did any, any weird stuff happen around you? And Probably. you're like, this is certainly normal because everything <laughs> yeah. is weird to you. There I is. remember that my great grandma used to use her dishwasher as a shelf. Hmm. And whenever I went there, she really didn't want me breaking all her really nice little figurines and clocks and things. And so she would sit me down, give me a little tuna can filled with Oreos, and there was a cookie at the bottom. Uh-huh. And it never occurred to me that I could just move the Oreos mm-hmm. and get straight to the cookie. I was like, I gotta eat these flipping Oreos, get all the way down to the cookie. So I ate them again, and she would occupy me for hours wow. eating you would, Oreos and wait, cookies. You would eat cookies to get to cookies? No, eat, uh, sorry, uh, eat uh, Cheerios, not oh. Oreos. Gotcha. Eat Make Cheerios sure. yeah. all the way down to a little Nilla wafer. Mm-hmm. And I did that for hours. And she would pull all of the stuff for this out of her dishwasher. Hmm. The Cheerios and the Nilla wafers. Didn't think and, anything of it. But like, I was five. Right. So I was like, this better. is perfectly yeah, But she's not trying to exact her revenge on the yes. society of men. But I, if she was, I wouldn't have known exactly. the point. Fair point. Sure. Okay. Yes. So, this yes. Is fair. Havisham, and it turns out, it's pretty obvious that Havisham has been breeding Estella. She's um, to... We do know this at this point? Oh, no, we don't. We don't. The, it comes up book. later. Right. Okay, yeah. well, so, but... I mean, you can put it together. You can put it together. That Havisham is like, get him to love you, yeah, sure. and then break him. She even um, will tell him. Doesn't she look at him pretty early, and she's yeah. like, 
love her. Yes. And you just yeah. Oh my yes. god. He's like, I want you to love her. And Pip's like, Yeah, I'm way ahead of you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on it. Yeah. I'm on exactly. it. And um, and so and then Estella. Poor Pip. Uh, yeah, poor, poor Pip. Pip. Poor this poor kid. Um, but he's in love with her, and they play card games, and he comes every day. And when he comes home, his m- sister is real curious as to what's going on. Pip invents all sorts of stories. He's like, we eat food off golden trays, right. and I, like, sit on a dog. Right. And uh, there's, like, a hot air balloon we ride in. And she's like, the, ri- That's the aristocracy are crazy. <laughs> um, anyway, okay. Then one day he, he comes and finds – and he comes to Miss Havisham's house – and Estella's gone. She's gone off to, like, rich girl school. Right. She's gone off to France or something to become even snottier. And <laughs> Pip is devastated. She's right. gone. She's out of his life. And Pip starts having vision. He just, Pip, all of a sudden, in his mind, decides he wants to be great. He wants to be a gentleman, and he wants to marry Estella. He doesn't want to be well, a blacksmith. because he wants that, he wants that girl. He wants right. that girl. And so, even though she's terrible, he loves her. And he decides... I don't know why, but I kind of want to be a gentleman, like Havisham, so I can marry Estella. But I'm not, because I'm a blacksmith's kid. Anyway, uh, a few years pass, and Pip grows up, and he's like 14 or 15 or something. And he's getting pretty uh, blacksmithy, and, you know, like, Joe's teaching him all the things, and he just doesn't like it. He's like, it's fine, but I just don't, you know, he's tasted the good life. Or I don't know if it's a good life. He's tasted something different. But, I mean, what kid doesn't have that feeling, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, um, uh, there's, a, there's some, uh, some series of events. We don't really need to talk about it. Mrs. Joe gets attacked and, uh, bonked on the head and becomes an invalid, right. um, by somebody that had been dissed who worked at the forge and had been sort of, um, he was a jerk and was dismissed cause he's a jerk. And he came back later and bonked Mrs. Joe on the head. He was slouchy. He was a slouchy yeah. person. He was a slouchy it describe, person. It describes him as slouching all over the place. He slouched in the yard. He slouched yep. in the kitchen. And this guy really hates Pip because he thinks that Pip has kind of, you know, sold him out. Anyway. Right. All right. Um, And then one day uh, Joe and Pip are at the pub just having a couple of of pints. Um, And this uh, lawyer comes in and he says uh, uh, he is a trial lawyer. Everyone's terrified of him because uh, he puts everybody in jail and he always wins his cases. And he comes and he's looking for Pip. Do, do they find out at this point he keeps his doors unlocked? This is my like favorite detail about Who keeps Jaggers. His doors unlocked? Jaggers. Oh, Jaggers? Yeah. Uh, we don't. The lawyer. The yeah. lawyer. He, we'll talk about that later because okay. that's when Pip goes to his okay. house. Got it. So the lawyer's name is Jaggers. Um, uh, and he, I'm trying to think of like a Rolling Stones joke, but it doesn't matter. Um, and so Jaggers comes and he's like, listen, uh, I've got some crazy news. Are you Pip? And he's like, yeah. Um, and he says, um, you are, you've inherited like this insane fortune right. and you're going to get it when you uh, come of age and um, you are to come with me. Uh, there's a benefactor, mysterious benefactor. I can't tell you who it is. Don't ask me. I'm not going to tell you, but I know who it is, but don't ask me. <laughs> um, and the mysterious benefactor said that you need to come to London and learn to be a gentleman. And then when you're a gentleman, you're going to be insanely rich and live in in gentleman land and Pip's like awesome. this is incredible this is incredible where'd this come from in his mind he's like Miss Havisham did this 
and she wants me to marry Estella. Yeah, she clearly means me for the lady. She clearly means me for the lady. She did this. Um, um, I mean, I, I don't blame him for putting that together. She right. was saying, love her. Yeah. And then if all of a sudden you have a weird windfall of cash, yeah. I'd be like, well, two yep. and two. Who else would it come from? And then right. he's like, uh, okay, I won't ask who my benefactor is, but thank her for me. And Jagger's like, shut up. <laughs> don't ask me questions. Jagger's is, is awesome, and he's cold and um, calculating. I kind And he's amazing. He's yeah, wonderful. He's fantastic. He washes his hands a lot. Um, and so he washes, he? He, he, he washes his hands yeah. a lot. So then Pip then, uh, goes home and he's like, Hey Joe, guess what? Bye. Yeah. Um, and it's hard. It's very sad, but Pip doesn't realize right. that it's sad. And there's this other person who was like Pip's kind of tutor who kind of loves Pip and he's a real like cad to her. He's like, maybe one day you can marry somebody common. Not me though. I'm a gentleman. And she's like, I, you're the worst. Pip. He's just, he's, he, he becomes really mean. And so, um, so he's perfect for Estella. He's perfect for Estella. Okay, so, uh, he's got all this money. He's kind of burned his bridges at home. Um, she's like, you could be with me. And he's like, I don't want to be so common. Yeah. 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 yeah just, uh, so there's this girl, this uh, what's Biddy. her name? Biddy. Biddy. Yes. Uh, I was gonna say Tilly. No, it's Biddy. Biddy clearly loves Pip and she, um, uh, says, well, you know, I think Pip even tells her about Estella and Biddy's like, she sounds like a real piece <laughs> of work. Why don't you go for someone? Closer to home and right. nice, and he's like, "Sorry, Betty, I'm going for Veronica." Um, and uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> oh, sorry, uh, Biddy, not Betty. And the joke was, see, I got it. It was great. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he's going after the rich girl, and Biddy stays at home, and um, Pip's a real, real jerk back to her. Yes. Okay. Then the, that's sort of like part one of the book. Then the book shifts to London. Pip goes to London, and he goes straight to uh, a private tutor to teach him to be a gentleman. And the private tutor's name is Mr. Pocket. We don't need to know that. The only reason I mention that is because Mr. Pocket is one of Hannenberg's favorites. Right? Because I am Mr. Pocket. You are Mr. Pocket. Yeah. Um, um, Why is that? He yanks on his hair, which is a thing that I do all the time. He's kind of absent-minded. He's delightful. He's, he's good-natured. Nice. Yeah, he's, he's He's a great guy. Um, what is he teaching, Pip? Is it just like all his all sorts of things? Classes? Yeah, school classes. He's his tutor. English, math, um, like yeah, math, stuff. all these sorts of things. And Pip's like, whatever. <laughs> is there an Estella at the end of right, this? Exactly. Because, yes. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, and so he is doing all these classes, and Jaggers is watching over him. There's other students, and one of the students that Pip becomes friends with is this kid named Herbert Pocket, right. Matthew Pocket's son. And uh, it's the boy that Pip kicked the crap out of right. all those years yes. ago. Yes. And so Pip and Herbert Pocket become best of friends. And Herbert Pocket, in a very weird aristocratic uh, way, gives Pip nicknames. What does he call them? I can't remember. Um, like Flopson or something. It doesn't matter. Uh, all I remember is that like Herbert's like, I won't call you Pip. I'll call you Flopson. Or he gives him some name. Um, I'm trying to look for it. <gasps> Um, they become the best of friends. They live it up. Uh, Pip gets an allowance from his benefactor. And, um, and Pip proceeds to absolutely blow through his money as fast as possible. He starts does getting, not know how to spend it. Huh? Starts getting into debt. He starts getting into massive debt. Because yeah. he's buying expensive things and he's like, I still likes rich boys and I gotta be rich. And, and poor Pocket is not, he doesn't have the money to do all this. Yes. Right. And Herbert Pocket is from an aristocratic family that has no money, which is why they're taking in tutors, or to kids, they're taking in students. And so Pip's like, hey, let's go buy like golden covered hamburgers. And Pocket's <laughs> like, all right, not again, but okay. Um, and it's, 
his his job, he kind of works as a clerk at this, I think it's like a shipping agency. Yeah. And he's like, so what are you doing? And he's like, just getting the lay of the land. Like, yeah. Looking at all my prospects. I just got got to put my feelers up and find out find out when my shot is, like That's when right. my chance is. Yeah. And, he's waiting for his one chance to deploy his capital. And he's uh, like, how long have you been doing that? And he's like, capital. for about five years. Yeah. Like, he's just, it's been, it has been way too yeah. long. And Pip's like, that sucks. You know what you should do? Just get it all at once. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Have you, have you tried being rich? Have you tried, have you tried not being poor? Um, so then, meanwhile, Estella comes back, all grown up, and she beautiful, and she's still ice cold, right? and she mean, but she's gorgeous. And she's back, and Pip, and she's like, oh, Pip, I remember you. Your boots aren't big anymore. And he's like, I have the tiniest shoes ever. <laughs> um, and, um, and Pip eventually sort of like, is not very good at keeping it cool and is pretty obviously in love with her yes. and follows her around. Yes. And at some point she's like, listen, stop. I can't love you. And, oh, and she's like, no, don't, don't take it personally. I can't love anybody. And um, uh, he's, she's like, all I'm going to do is hurt you. Just leave me alone. I can't love you. And Pip's like, that's what, that's what rich girls say, right? Um, <laughs> he's like, I think she wants me to love her more. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Right. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that um, what it, we actually kind of mm-hmm. how responds? Like she's yes. clearly trying to draw me on. That's right. right. And so, and then uh, a rival starts to appear and there's this kid who is like better than Pip and comes from a great family. And, but his nickname is the spider because he sort of, that's just how he lives he just sort of sits there and broods, mm. and Jaggers is like, that kid's that kid's like, uh, he's a spider. That kid, um, <laughs> he's got like narrow eyes and a yeah. real thick neck. Yeah, you know what I mean. And um, but he's clearly like the best of the crop of aristocratic kids. And he's interested in. And Estella. he's interested in Estella, yeah. obviously, because she's beautiful and he's a jerk bag. They're made for each other. <laughs> Perfect. Um, okay. Um, then. Uh, Pip is sort of living large, waiting for to be tur- to turn the time when the age when Miss Havisham's going to give him his fortune, and this guy shows up, and the guy who shows up is the convict. Right, and the convict it break comes into Pip's house one day. He's like, "Hello there, kid. Um, my name is Magwitch. That's his name. His name is Magwitch, which sounds like." Some kind of sandwich that Mag be invented. I made a sandwich. Oh my yeah, word! The Magwitch. The yep. Magwitch. He what would you put on a sandwich? If you had put a sandwich uh, with your name on it, what would be on the Magwitch? See, unfortunately, I think the Reuben is already the perfect mm. sandwich. So like I would, the, yeah. but I would just—I need to make one tiny addition to it, and then I could make it my own. Could you swap the meat out for lamb? Because wasn't sure. this guy raising sheep? Wasn't well, that what he was raising there sheep. There so you go. yeah, it's make the Magwitch, and it's lamb. Reuben. Yeah, there you go, like shawarma lamb. Okay, cool. I'm okay with that. Sounds pretty good. So Magwitch. Um, as one does, got banished to Australia for his crimes. And when he was there, instead of languishing in a work camp, became a sheep millionaire. Go figure. There right? you go, yeah, figure. Exactly. So he's raised a giant flock of sheep and became like stinking rich. You referenced this before. I, this might be tangent that you don't want to go down, but um, Dickens is writing this like piece by piece, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, do you think that he intended this to be the outcome when he revealed there was, do you know what I mean? Like he, he revealed that there was a benefactor. He, he made the choice of a benefactor long before he made the choice of who the benefactor was. Yeah, maybe it's set up. It's set oh. up when he messes. Yes. It's so set up. Have you done no, the, go for it. Go for yeah. It. So it's, it's the guy that he stole the pie yes. and the file for. Yeah, and I think it's set up way earlier. And he knew that that guy was always going to be the one bringing the money. Okay. Yeah. There's a scene before, uh, um, 
Pip gets learns about the benefactor where there's this weird dude that shows up that's kind of like yes. spying Pip out. Yes. And it's clearly either Magwitch or one of Magwitch's cronies just to see if Pip's still alive and still right. doing his thing and right. still where he is. So it seems like the, the seeds were planted. So really uh, yeah. Okay, anyway, so Magwitch shows up and he's like, um, I only had one thought while I was raising all those sheep in Australia, and that was to get super rich and make you a gentleman right. because I thought it would be hilarious. Like, if you were a gentleman, well, fine, I wanted to pay you back for your kindness. I thought it was that. I yeah. wanted to pay you back for your kindness, but also I kind of wanted to, like, stick it to rich people. And rich people would be real upset if, like, a blacksmith's kid was richer sure. than them. Yeah. And Pip's like, And also funded you. by a convict. Yeah, and yes. funded by yeah. a convict. Uh, uh, isn't that a laugh? And Pip's like, yeah, crap. But Pip is crushed by this because Pip it is means absolutely crushed. that Havisham isn't setting him up to marry Estella. Correct. So that and whole motivation is gone now. Yes. And he's got dirty sheep money. Yeah, yes. he's got sure. dirty yes. sheep money. He doesn't want, er, yeah, first he thought it was Havisham that was setting him up. And if Havisham set him up, then like Estella is good as his. Now it's like, no, this dude that like looks like he's like a sheep herder and. Uh, he's real crass. He's real crass and he yep. swears a lot and he's. Um, like farts on the carpet. And he's super is into Pip. Okay. He loves Pip yes, as a son. A yes. And Pip's like, that's really kind. And he feels for Magwitch, but also, like, you can't bring him to a party. You know, like, right. you can't let him know that this is your benefactor. And Jaggers is like, I told you not to talk to me about it. Right. I know nothing about this. Also, Magwitch isn't really supposed to be back in England. Yeah, um, this is the part where I always get confused because they're eventually going to try and sneak him yeah, back out. Yeah. Is it because he's a he's an escaped convict? He's an escaped convict. He was banished to Australia under the oh, guise oh, oh. of, you can't come back. Got it. But, you know, he's an exile. He's yeah, an exile. Sure. Yeah. But he's like, dude, I just had to see you in all your fancy clothes sticking to the rich people. Yeah. I just had to see it. And Pip's like, okay, that's kind of nice. <laughs> um, okay. Then this absolutely crushes Pip. Yes. Um, and then uh, uh, Estella is going to marry the spider and... Pip's not the benefactor. Pip's not the benefactor for this, and so he um, goes and confronts Havisham. Right. And um, a long story short, f- short finds out that Havisham was supposed to marry this guy, and this guy jilted her at the al- altar and took all her money in cahoots with her brother, leaving her basically like with not a lot of cash. She still was an aristocrat, right. but kind of uh, stole our whole prospects. Um, never loved her, just pretended to love her. More importantly, stole her heart. Stole mm-hmm. her heart, left her at the altar, and she, at that moment, decided that she was going to do everything in her power to create a banshee of hatred right. that was going to wreak havoc on the society of men. Yes. So she raised Stella with the intention of turning her into a loveless robot and what was going An to... iceberg with spikes. Yes, and was going to uh, have like boys that. fall in love with her and then systematically crush their dreams. And so um, this is why Estella, who actually probably feels something for Pip, is like, Pip, stay away. Stay away. Because um, the whole point is that I'm supposed to, like, hurt people's feelings. Um, I'm good at it. And I'm good at it. And Estella and Havisham have this great scene where Estella sort of, like, blames Havisham for all of this. And Havisham's like, Estella, why won't you obey me and love me? And Estella's like, you raised me not to love anybody. And, right. and Havisham's like, that's a really great point. Um, and, <laughs> I did do that. Uh, and then Estella's like, so I'll do what you want. I'm going to marry the spider. But we're not cool. Like, bye. I'm, I don't want to be in your life anymore. I'm taking his money and never seeing you again. And Havisham's like, ugh. Uh, hoisted by my own petard. Um, and then... Do you know what that means? No. I don't think anyone does. I did. I looked it up <laughs> oh, recently because yeah. it came it came up in a book and it came up in one of it's my book It's in Hamlet. Clubs. 
That's where it came from. So it means basically blown up by your own explosive device. Yeah. Hoisted to yeah. be blown up, and a petard is like a bomb. Oh, there you go. There you go. Cool. cool. Um, anyway, so she, yes, uh, Estella uh, um, abandons right. her, and Pip confronts her, and um, and oh, I'm, I'm blanking on the scene. So Pip confronts her. Uh, Miss Havisham sort of lays out everything of what happened, um, and then uh, steps a little too close to the fireplace. Oh, she asks Pip for forgiveness. Um, uh, Pip confronts her and says, you know, you used me, that was really mean, and uh, Havisham's like, well, so? You are you were poor. Uh, and Pip's like, I thought you were giving me money. She's like, no, I paid for your, um, your like, blacksmith course. Right. Um, and he's like, it's not my fault you th- read into all this stuff. And um, Pip's like, well, I just wanted you to know that um, it's sort of no hard feelings, but that was really mean. You shouldn't have done that. And um, Havisham steps too close to the fireplace and her old uh, um, wedding dress catches on fire and she runs around, burst into flames and Pip puts her out yes. and uh, she's near death. She, she pretty much uh, is almost dead. She gets her the medical attention that she needs and um, in the moment of her death, she asks Pip for forgiveness and he forgives her, which is very kind. Uh, but Havisham sort of her house was a tinderbox anyway because of all those old things she had lying around. Right. And so she sort of has this tragic end of being burst into flames. Okay. And really, I think that's the moral of the story is just fire safety. Mm. It's, it's, yeah. yeah. It's, it's yeah. Stop, drop, and roll mm-hmm. is really the takeaway. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's what I always get out of this book. That's not true. Okay. And then um, we'll, we'll sort of – how much we'll, – where are we at on the uh, – About 20 more minutes. Okay. So um, – Pip has a moment of, there's this, there, there's, we haven't been talking about this other subplot. Pip has this moment of realization that he's been an absolute jerk bag, um, just a jack wagon to Joe back home because. I got nervous right there. Um, once ja- Joe came to visit him and Pip is like, Joe, I'm going to make you a gentleman. Stop being a blacksmith. I'm going to send you to school and make you smart and you're going to wear fancy clothes. And Joe's like, nope, that's not my life. Right. My life is back home. Mrs. Joe, she's died of her injuries, and meanwhile, Joe has married Biddy, uh, this, the good-hearted uh, uh, country girl who is in love with Pip, has married Joe, and they're very happy together, and Joe's sort of living his simple country life. Which is great, because Joe wonderful. is wonderful, yes. and mm-hmm. there's this weird gulf they can no longer yeah. cross again. Yes. They can't be friends anymore, because Pip has sort of grown up, and he's been a huge jerk, right. and he's in this different world, and Joe's unwilling to enter into that world, even for the love of Pip, and which I think is a really interesting. Right, mm-hmm. Rightfully so, I think. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to, he is happy in his nature and he doesn't want to go against his nature because Pip isn't willing to cross the bridge. Yep. Right? Pip wants him to be something other than he is. Right. And Pip's got, I'm sorry, Joe's got this little great metaphor This when he talks to Pip. When Pip says like, hey Joe, why don't you just like leave the forge and come hang out with me? It'll just be like old times except we're rich. And um, Joe says, no, uh, I'm not right here. I'm not writing these clothes. I'm not writing this town. He says, um, life is like different pieces of metal welded together. This is what Joe says, which makes sense because he's a, you know, he's a, he's a blacksmith and right. this is what he knows. I wonder how often he's used that metaphor. <laughs> Every single well, day Well, I just wonder life. if it's like... A horse cart is like pieces of metal welded, get, welded <laughs> together. together. You know chess. Yeah. Chess <laughs> is like pieces of metal welded together. But I mean, you go with what you know, right? Like yeah. how many exactly. football coaches use yes. like everything is a game of inches. Yeah. Life's right. about getting that extra yard. 
Yeah. Um, right? Um, that was great. That was, if you yeah. go with what you know. Is that a pirate? <laughs> Yar. <laughs> yeah. <It's>, yeah. <laughs> Aren't the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? All right. Yeah, okay, um, well so Joe gives uh, Pip this metaphor, and he says, life is like different kinds of pieces welded together. Sometimes there's yes. gold, sometimes there's tin, sometimes there's iron, and this is just life. And different chapters have these different things. We had gold, and now we have silver. Uh, we can't recreate the past. I'm going home, and Pip just feels awful. Mm-hmm. Because... He brought it on himself. He was a real jerk bag to Joe and Biddy when he left. He was like, I'm off to face my destiny. Uh, it turns out his destiny was not what he thought it was, was. And when he tries to go back and relive the past, he can't do it. Right. Just to make sure. So we're, the, all, part of this has, happens earlier on in the book where Joe is brought to London mm-hmm. and is shown around the town. There's also the part after they try and get this escape from Magwitch. Yep. It goes yeah, horribly wrong. Oh, oh, you are? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Um, so... Uh, um, Pip has this realization of, uh, uh, there's this moment where he has near death where he gets kidnapped by the guy that conked his sister and he's going to kill her. And then he gets saved by a guy who has the hilarious name of star top. We haven't talked about him. He's awesome. Anyway. Um, so Pip gets saved and he doesn't die and, but has this realization that he's been living a terrible life and he wants to go back to the way things were. Meanwhile, he's got Magwitch. He's got to get Magwitch out of town. Yes. And, um, uh, the guy that Magwitch, Magwitch's rival, whose name is Compason, is also in town. Um, Compason turns out to be the person that Havisham was going to marry and took off with all her money. It's also the same guy who was on the convict ship that Magwitch fought right at the beginning of the book. This is a Dickens novel, you guys. Everybody knows everybody. That's what's, it's it's like, real convenient. That's what I mean. It's stuff like that where it's like, well, he just wanted to tie up the, the book at the very end. and so It's a small island. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah, it, sure. it feels like a little bit of plot manipulation there. Yeah, it does. But, sure. you know, anyway, whatever. so Compason, who is going to marry Havisham, is the rival to Magwitch. Yes. And uh, they're trying to get Magwitch out of town, and Compason's going to rat them out. Um, there's a fight. Um, uh, where, uh, on a boat and Magwitch and Compason uh, Compason drowns, Magwitch gets run over by a steamboat and bonked on the head by an oar and he almost dies and then he does die and has this touching moment where he tells Pip that he loves him and Pip's like, you know, feels bad that Magwitch dies. Right. Um, and now Pip's got all this money um, Magwitch is dead and Pip's like, I'm going to go home and relive my old life Right. I'm going to go marry Biddy there, Right. Um, she was the person I should have married all along. He doesn't know Biddy's married Joe. Right. Pip goes home, ready to marry the girl who loved him when he was a child. And, uh, he comes home and Joe's there and Biddy's there. And she's like, um, Pip, uh, I'm married to Joe. In fact, we just got married this afternoon. (laughs) Pip's like, ah, crap. Um, again, real convenient. Yeah. Yeah. And then Pip, uh, uh, the, the book, that's essentially where the book ends. Um, there's, well, there's two endings that come later, right. but that, and so Pip, um, then decides that he is going to live a simple life. He is not, he's obviously not going to go marry Stella and be this like swashbuckling, awesome well, adventurer. Hasn't he kind of burned through his cash too? He's he, burned through his he, cash a little bit. Doesn't mm-hmm. he lose his cash? Like, don't they find out that Mag, since Magwitch is a. That's right. They confiscated all the government. Right. The government takes the cash back because yeah. the government finds out that this 
convict had come back and mm-hmm. all the money was his. And so the government is like, yoink. And yeah. he loses it all. Anymore. And there's yeah. another character who I haven't talked about who's one of my favorites named Wemmick who basically gives Pip a giant, I told you so. The government's always coming for your cash. You should have bought gold bars, buddy. Property. Okay, pause. Can we talk for, this is, he's my favorite Go character. For can I just talk yes. for a second oh, about can we just, Wemmick? Let, let's just put okay, a little so bow on it. Yeah, put a bow on it. Put a little bow on it. We'll talk about Wemmick. So, and then Pip's doesn't have very much money and him and... Um, what's his name? Pocket. Uh, Herbert go into business together and they become little like basically shipping guys. Mm-hmm. And so they start and they do little, pretty well. They, they start a little, little shipping company. Pip lives in India for a while, comes back. Um, uh, um, Biddy and Joe have a little baby boy that they name Pip, which is very cute. Yeah. Um, and then uh, uh, the book ends. Well, I'll just finish the book then we can come back to, to Wemmick because he sort of maybe opens up a good conversation. You got it. Um, uh, the book ends with Pip and little baby Pip going for a walk one day to the house, uh, the crazy house where all this happened, and Pip realizes, oh, the house gone, the house is gone. And while he's there, Estella shows up. Is this the original ending? This is the added ending. This, this is, the this is yeah, and Estella shows up, and she's like, Pip, um, I married the spider, and he was terrible. And well, she doesn't say this. We we learn this. This she married the spider. He was terrible. He used to beat Estella. Estella had a horrible life. Um, luckily for Estella, her husband died when he mistreated a horse and it kicked him in the face. And she then ended up marrying the doctor who treated all of her injuries that mm-hmm. she got from getting beaten up by her husband. And he's like, mm, this doesn't look good. Um, and he marries her. He doesn't have very much money. And she sort of lives this poor life with this doctor who seemingly cares for her. She sees Pip and she says, you know, Pip, can you ever forgive me? I was cruel, um, but I'm no longer cruel. Uh, the sort of the, the difficulties of life have taken the cruelty out of me. And Pip kind of has, in my opinion, he sort of has this like kind of lackluster milk toast, like, yeah, I can forgive you, but he doesn't, I don't know. What, what's your take on it, maybe? That they fall in love and oh, it's a gosh. beautiful ending no, and not. everything is happy in the end. What That's, do you mean? What do I think happens in the ending? Hey, don't we find, isn't she Magwitch's daughter? Oh, gosh, we forgot about that little oh, piece my word. of, yes. She's also <laughs> Magwitch's daughter, uh, the convict. Turns out she's a gypsy child. Yes, exactly. um, this is, we're yeah, not being funny. forgot about all that. Yeah, uh, forgot- this, is, this is one of the reasons that this book made me cranky, sure, is all yes. of the real convenient coincidences. But that's why I also think that the book eventually turns happy, right? They, they reconcile, life is good afterwards. They reconcile, I don't think they get married. If it's a- um, but he, so uh, it says, so here's the, here's the, the ending that, Dickens was forced to write because the original because ending was a bummer. Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, so he was forced to write this, and she says, um, but you said to me, return to Stella very earnestly, God bless you, God forgive you. And if you could say that to me then, you will not hesitate to say that to me now. Now, when suffering has been stronger than all other teaching and has taught me to understand what your heart used to be, I have been bent and broken, but, I hope, into a better shape. Be as considerate and good to me as you were and tell me we are friends. We are friends, said I, rising and bending over her as she rose from the bench. And we will, um, we will continue friends apart, Look. said Estella. I took her hand in mine and we went out of the ruined place. And as the morning mist had risen long ago when I first left the forge, so the evening mists were rising now. And in all the broad expanse of tranquil light they showed to me, I saw the shadow of no parting from her. See? It's love. It's not love. She, they're friends. They end up, but they're together forever. Apart. 
She said, we'll be friends well, what's apart. The, what, what's the very end? The shadow, shadow of no, of no parting. parting. What does that no mean? Parting. What does that, that mean? This is, the, this is the problem, is that nobody knows what that means. Mm. I saw the shadow of no parting from her. So either he sees an indication that he gets to stay with her, like yep. the shadow of it. Oh. Oh, I see the shadow. Uh-huh. Maybe I get to stay with her. Uh-huh. No, Might be there. Pip, you've already... Or, or he sees the shadow of it and he'll never have it. Like, it's just sort of there in the background what, no, what the could have been. Oh, I saw the shadow of no parting. Yeah. No, it's the first one. It's a happy ending. He just so, has a little bit of a of a glimpse of what it could have been could like, have been. but he doesn't. Yeah. So there, there's di- a bunch of different ways it could be understood, and that kind of drives me bananas. It does drive but me bananas too. I loved the older bummer ending, say, but he had to be forced to write it. So yes. of course he would make it annoying, right? Yeah. Like, the The original ending is that Pip and Little Pip are in London one day, and a carriage stops by, and um, uh, a, a little and Pip realizes that it's Estella, and they sort of have this little look. And she um, basically, like, Pip has learned that she's had a really hard life. And when he sees her in the carriage, he gets the sense that she seems to have softened. And he thinks, oh, maybe the suffering of the world has made her, has turned her to a better shape and given her a heart that understands what my heart used to be. So he sees Estella and he says, she looks, he sees, like, the girl he hasn't seen in a long time that used to be in love with. And he's like, she looks like she's doing okay. Not great. Right. I heard that she had a rough marriage, but she seems to be doing all right. And um, and it seems that she assumes that little Pip is Pip's son. Yes. So she assumes that Pip has gone off and found love. So she's like, okay, he's found somebody. Um, and that's the original ending. And I love that ending. I think that ending is great. No, it's terrible. Um, the, this other ending is confusing. We don't know what's going on. I, th- I, I don't mind ambiguous endings. One of my favorite novels, The Magus by John Fowles, is it's a, you don't know which ending it is. Like he leaves it ambiguous whether the people get together or not, but he writes but, it well enough. Yeah. This one just seems like needless shadowy obfuscation where I'm kind of frustrated that he didn't just write it more clearly. Yeah. Right. Again, probably cause he was forced to do it. He, yeah. He did not want it to end that way is what it sounds like. Sure. But obviously it's the right ending. There's <sighs> lots of different uh, paths that uh, of, of really interesting inquiry that you can take with this book. One is comparing it to Gatsby, which we've done, at th- which we do with the school because you've got two similar kinds of characters, people that are poor, that become suddenly become rich, that have these desires that go unmet and unfulfilled. Gatsby ends up dead in a swimming pool. Pip ends up a, like a middle-class shipping baron. Right. Um, those are like, to me, highlight America and England like they're very one's a very American story of extremities and one's a very British story of like you know the good life is knowing your place and staying there (laughs) right that's but it's funny because I imagine that would be a message you appreciate you've talked about ambition a few times on the podcast and this seems like a warning again it's a warning against great expectations yeah I I think that um, uh, Pip comes to a conclusion about what the good life is but the other um sort of harrowing thing to think of is that what it took for him to learn that was the destruction of it. (laughs) Like he couldn't go back and get Biddy. He couldn't go home and live there again. He couldn't go back to the thing that he had. And now he's kind of has to make do with building that somewhere else with his friend Herbert Pocket and, and working at this, at the building this little business job of his. And so there's almost like a cautionary tale too of, you know, um, if you take risks, if you do go out, if you if you try to sort of punch above your weight or push beyond your lot, you could wreck where you where you've come from. Sure, is but one I, way to think. Is one way to interpret it. Yeah, because I I don't think he would have been happy with Biddy. No, you don't. Think, yeah, I don't think that the him going. I, I don't remember specifically the ending, so please tell me when I'm wrong about this. But he continues in the shipping business. He does, doesn't he? And that involve 
that's not the like at home life that Biddy and Joe have. Correct. And he's so, gone to India. He travels a yeah. lot. And so what he will need to find someone else who mm-hmm. is okay with that life as opposed to Biddy who wouldn't yeah. be. That's fair. I think he has this, in, in both cases, he he's makes He's romanticized. This, yes. And he's, he's romanticized what it is to be a gentleman. And then he's romanticized what it is to be a common person. Mm-hmm. And he actually ends up existing somewhere in the middle yeah. between those two. He's not kind of the, you know, the, the leisurely rich who don't do anything with their life. And he's not a blacksmith working every day. Mm-hmm. Um, he's an entrepreneur, or mm-hmm. a business owner or whatever. Yeah. So maybe that, that's a good way to think about it is the dangers of, of romanticizing things, the dangers of sort of like building a story for yourself and then trying to live that story when right. it doesn't correspond to reality sure. is a recipe for not being very happy, either on the gentleman end or on the blacksmith end. Right. Yeah, I mean, it seems like pretty common coming of age story where you sort of loathe the thing you were yes. and and romanticize all the things you weren't. Am I just repeating what no, you no, said? No, it's good. And, and I mean, this happens with every person, right? You think your parents are kind of foolish bumpkins and mm-hmm. then you, you think... Yeah. So even if you're rich, you're like, man, I just, I wish I could like get into the real meat of life and not be so protected. And then you find out, well, that actually kind of sucks. And if you're poor, you think, man, if I could just have some money, everything would be great. And then you realize, well, that's not that great either. And I feel like it just, it's something everybody has to go through at some point is realizing that, wow, I thought this other life was going to be cool. It's just not. Mm -hmm. But I think that's your point of you then have to go through the like that crushing moment of getting the thing you want. Like the the tragedy for Pip is that he gets the status he wants. He gets the wealth he wants. It's miserable. He then has it all forcibly taken away from Mm -hmm. him. So at the point where he could use his wealth better, he no longer has it. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, it still feels like a tragedy at each step of the way, even though I think he's immeasurably better off in the end, even in the bad ending. For sure. His life is better than it was when... If he had stayed a blacksmith or... Or stayed a gentleman. I think he would have been miserable too. Right, yeah. So So there is, yes, there is a... a, um, I mean, Pip's life is definitely marked with sort of like serendipity. There's nothing that Pip usually does to get himself. You're right. His ending is happy and it's happy almost in spite of him. And just as his wealth was, he got it in spite of himself. And so um, um, Pip kind of like, you know, stumbles upwards. Does he Um, end up happy for Joe and Biddy? He does very much. And he loves little Pip. And no, he is very much happy. And whenever he, he goes there every Christmas and whenever he's back in town, he will stay with them. And I think he sort of reluctantly realizes that Biddy is much better off with Joe than with him. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Going back and wanting to marry Biddy was definitely like, you know. um, It was like flailing. It it was was like, like, yes, that's a great word for it. I need to get away. I need to fix this. Biddy's my solution. And thank goodness she had married Joe that afternoon or else Biddy would be miserable. Yes, right. She right. was the one yeah, person that loved me back in the day and I'm going to go. And yes. Yeah, just grasping to recreate the past yep. when he yes. c- you can't. Um, so um, maybe we save Wemmick for the in-between because sure. we got to sure. set it up. But maybe why – so you you've talked – you like this book a lot. Or you've – this book has been kind of like uh, on a um, – has was a uh, um, – one of those books for you, right? Yeah, eventually. I, I what was, was the topic or what was the theme that really – sort of resonated. Again, I think at this point it's an in-between conversation, but uh, in the con- in what you are talking about right now, there are these three different views toward one's work and mm-hmm. one's um, personal life, I guess. So three kind of approaches to how to either balance those or how to look at both of those. Uh, the Jaggers, the Wemmick, and the Joe, and the Joe yeah. that kind of thing? And I think that those set up... I think the book very clearly has a view on which one is right. I think it's more complicated. And this discussion is showing me it's more complicated because Pip doesn't end up neatly into one of those categories at the end. I guess it doesn't say whether he's like a Jaggers and is cruel no. and harsh or anything. Because he could be. Yeah. We don't know. 
That, um, I think that sounds like another, uh, yeah, that's going to f- uh, feed into a great uh, in-between episode. Yes. Um, so just to, to, to sort of finish it, the book is delightful. The characters are memorable. If you've read Dickens, you sort of know what you're in for. You've got um, uh, great writing. It's very hilarious. There's moments of it that are very funny. Um, but there are moments of it that are a little, like, eye-rolly, like, really? Like, Magwitch is Stella's dad? It just sort of seems like... Uh, a little too convenient. It seems like season six of a show that sort of yes. should have ended in season four, sure. you know? Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, <laughs> I, um, I will say, I, I did not like this book the first time I read it. In mm-hmm. high school, it was required reading. And I liked it very much when going through AJ's Great Books course six years or mm, whatever it okay. is. That, that was when I read it, and it meant something more to me. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's a book that... This is probably what you experienced with seniors. It's not really for seniors. No. You need to have left something. You need to have taken risk and kind of grappled with the meaning of that. And sat in the weight of that risk for a while to see it kind of play itself out in your life a little bit. For the book to then have something to say to the reader. So, Mm -hmm. It's a Um, a great book. Which is why I think, like, yeah, some of the more fruitful conversations I had with seniors in this book were when Pip was a little child. And the things – and the way that – the way that a little child sees the sees the world and then uh, uh, is influenced by the world is is, is kind of um, is a really fascinating thing at the beginning, um, and then also to yeah where do our and this is why I wanted to start the podcast with that question. I think most kids grow up feeling like they have expectations on them, but as you get older, at least maybe this is this is my case. When I go back and I kind of tease out those expectations. I think like 80% of them were ones that I kind of seemed to have made up for myself or just sort of absorbed from the world around me. I can't remember a time where my parents sat me down and said, we really want you to succeed and go to college. Um, but there was certain, but there felt like there was an expectation. Um, and so like, where did the genesis of our thoughts about what we want in our life, where do those things come from? For Pip, it was one moment of a, of a pretty rich girl telling him that he was sucked. Um, and, um, but I just think that's an interesting question of like, if we go back and, and do what Pip is doing, which is at the end, not the end of his life, at the, at the end of, of, a, of a big chapter of his life, he's right. looking back on his past and tracing through his development. If we were to do that to ourselves, do we have big Estella moments or not? But where do, where do our views of what we think a good life is or the expectations that we've put on ourselves uh, how do those things kind of develop? Uh, I think is a re- is a really fascinating question, yeah. uh, and I think something worthwhile for each individual person to kind of like do that kind of self reflection, because if you don't, and if you just run on autopilot, well, Pip didn't really uh, have any sort of self reflection until everything kind of exploded, and he went right. back and he was like, "Oh, these are all the mistakes I made." Um, could Pip have avoided some of that heartache had he been a little more self reflective younger? I don't know. Because uh, the answer yeah. might be no. Yeah, you're right. The answer might be no. Because, yeah, I'll have to think about that. Yeah. But. Anyway, that's uh, Great Expectations. Right. Well, this has been Classical Stuff You Should Know. The in-between episodes that Graham was talking about, you can find on our Patreon page, which is... Patreon.com. slash classical stuff. Nailed it. Nailed it. And you can support us there if you... You know, at the low levels, you just get, ep- you know, commercial-free episodes, which... 
you're probably getting right now anyway. And then if you bump up to the higher episodes, you get sort of our in-between episode banter, and then there are extra goodies after that if you are interested. A monthly AMA, so people at that middle tier can ask us questions that we'll answer, and usually, I mean, they're more than an hour long. Oh, yeah, I think our last one was like an hour and a half, wasn't it? It super long, but they're they're really fun. Anyway, you can also email us at theguysatclassicalstuff.net. You can tweet at us at C-L-S-S-C-A-L stuff. And then I think, oh, and our website, classicalstuff.net. You can check us out there. And I think that's it. So this is the boys from Classical Stuff signing off. Bye. Bye. Bye.